Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Catherine has nominated Bobby Humphreys for a Game Changer Award. And we're so excited that Bobby's joining us this morning to talk more about the amazing work he's doing rescuing chihuahuas. So welcome, Bobby, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Becker. This is amazing. I'm, I'm really appreciative of this. Well, we're so excited to learn more about how you got into this work and what why um, what you're doing and how you became so inspired. So let's back up and start at the beginning, Bobby. How? Uh, what was your first introduction to okay, rescue so, and then specifically chihuahuas? Okay. Um, well, I was always a big dog guy. Um, you know, I had Rottweilers and I actually made fun of my friends that had girlfriends who would make them carry around their little pocket, you know, pocketbook dogs. Um, and, and unfortunately, this started from a, uh, not the greatest place. Um, after 17 years of marriage, I, I, uh, my wife uh, left me for somebody else. I was completely devastated and I didn't know what to do, didn't know where to turn. And a good friend of mine uh, literally saved my life. Um, she needed a favor in return. Maybe you really can't stop. Um, and uh, which was actually helping uh, house her, her dog while she was in between finding a home that would accept her dog with her. Um, finding a, um, a home that would accept the chihuahuas. So uh, I watched her dog, her chihuahua, who pretty much hated everybody, especially men. And, um, you know, she brought her over one day. She left her in the house. I was at work. And I came home from work, and here's this poor dog sitting in front of the television uh, in a kennel. <laughs> and I got a big house, and I said, you know what? I don't care if she bites me or not. Um, I'm not going to leave her in a kennel. Hour and a half later, she was on my lap, um, months and months of rehab with her, where I would just lay in bed and be miserable, and this dog would literally nurse me back to hell, um, get my mental state in a better place, and and from there, it just kind of uh, it kind of it kind of uh, spiraled, it, it steamrolled, it snowballed, it went it went um, yeah, it went exponential. <laughs> um, I started rescuing. I wanted my own version of her because I knew she wouldn't be around forever. And one of the first ones I rescued was actually this little girl right here, who looked like her, only smaller. Um, and I always made the joke that, you know, if you look at a, uh, a puppy or a dog, it looks like a, the Disney cartoon. All the lines are drawn properly. But, but the dog that uh, she, she had, because it had some uh, health issues, uh, kind of looked more like a Rugrats cartoon. You know, it's kind of lumpy and not really drawn very well. So I wanted my own version of that. And doing so, I found out there's a whole world out there, these poor dogs, um, especially pit bulls and chihuahuas, um, that are just, uh, they're just they're so misunderstood and they're so taken advantage of. And um, I just started falling in love with the breed because of how much they do love. And let's face it, you know, with a Rottweiler or a Pitbull, you know, you could have one or two, but these little guys, I mean, they're so tiny. I mean, what's another three pounds, you know? And I started, I, I, I rescued one and I didn't even really rescue her. I mean, I, I think anytime you save a dog from a bad environment, no matter what amount of money you pay or don't pay or where you get it from, um, if you get them out of a bad situation, you are rescuing them, but I didn't consider it that. I got them off of Craigslist. And I just saw the living conditions that she was in. And, um, you know, just it just kind of bothered me. And then when we went to the next one, which was this little girl again right here and her sister, these two are actually sisters, they're inbred. Um, so that's why they look a little off. 
Um, and I just saw, you know, again, uh, the, the lack of care for, for, you know, properly breeding a dog and the lack of, uh, uh, what do you call it, surroundings and their environment and their homes. And, uh, and then of course, as, as each case came on people, I started getting recognition again, I didn't plan on it, but I, I started putting uh, pictures up on social media mm-hmm. and I did that because, you know, on Facebook and everything, it, it kind of stays forever unless you're hacked. So all my memories from past years were coming up. It was miserable. I just wanted something that this time next year I could look at and be happy. And so I started putting pictures of them up and all of a sudden, all my friends that, you know, I still spoke with, uh, were, were begging for more and they love the, the, the stories about them and their characters and everything. And, um, you know, then it just eventually grew. I got into a couple of Chihuahua groups and then people are telling me you need to do this for a living, but all along while that's going on, uh, people are asking me to, to help harder and harder cases. And the next thing you know, I have rescues reaching out and some of these stories get pretty bad. So basically where we're at now is that I have, have uh, defined myself as not a rescue, but a sanctuary. I, um, my job is to basically pick up where rescues leave off and, you know, the rescue gets the dog, they save its life. They find a foster and they move on to the next one and God bless them. You know, that's, that's what you got to do. But the ones that come to me, I, they're such hard cases. They've been through so much. I feel that it's my job to just basically spoil and pamper them for the rest of the life. Give them the life that I thought I had, that I wanted, that was taken from me by, you know, family, friends, society, um, when everything happened to me so negatively a while back. So I never wanted them to feel that or go through that kind of stuff. So here, you know, I, I you know, I don't, I say, you know, we live like kings, obviously, during the night and caviar and stuff. But <laughs> um, one of the things I've been lucky with all the social media exposure is I'm starting to align myself with prominent rescues, shelters, uh, other sanctuaries, and hopefully eventually veterinarians, you know, around the country where we can start making a bigger difference by properly networking and using the right people to get transports and so forth. And, you know, a big enough fan base where we can say, hey, we got, you know, hey, we just got these dogs. And now, obviously, if I do that on my personal page, you know, on, my, on my page, I think it's going to lose a lot of the authenticity. So I try to keep that off of my page um, and just keep it about what we call the misfits, which are these guys here, because we call my house, the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, and I'm actually looking into the next step in all of this is I'm, I'm looking at building a bigger sanctuary. I'm gonna start trying to put them in areas where there are epidemics. Uh, and so it's a lifetime goal that I never thought I would have. And now I don't know how I'm ever going to achieve it, but imagine I could put a prototype up for a much larger sanctuary with many more buildings on the property, staff housing and everything like that, plenty of acreage um, to where we could have a sanctuary for the ones that are staying, but we could also house for the, the rescues in that state and the shelters in that state to get the dogs in there that you know we can hopefully have a vet on staff um, and basically house temporarily you know many, many more, and then eventually have them go out and be adopted when they're ready to be done. Uh, Florida is the first uh, choice, then we're gonna look at Puerto Rico, Texas, and then start moving on from state to state if we can make this um, make this uh, design um, successful. Uh, so I want to, like I said, I want to make it bigger than what I can do here. Uh, but currently, I want to say we're at max, but I'm, I'm at max comfortably. We, we do fluctuate up and down. Of course, most of these are hard cases. So yeah. they, um, you know, unfortunately, they passed away unexpectedly. That's very hard. But it opens the door to help another one, um, you know, as we can. And when I say I'm a sanctuary versus a rescue, uh, you know, a rescue will come in and they'll do what's necessary to get them vetted, to get them properly, you know, the medical needs that they have and all that. Uh, but, you know, I've been lucky with the way we've uh, financed and funded this, that, um, you know, that nothing's off limits. If the dog can be healthy after it's done surgery and it's going to have a, 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 de- a quality of life and it can live two months, six months, 10 years longer, I don't care what the cost is. I'm going to do it. 
Um, so I want to keep that mentality going when it comes to that as well. So I love everything about this. I love that you are a guy rescuing chihuahuas. I love that it has shifted your life, maybe help you identify your life mission that you didn't even know was your life mission. I love that you're really, your heart's desire is for what's happening to be a prototype, but you also, Bobby, highlight some of the huge issues pertaining to people falling in love with certain breeds. You hit the nail on the head. These dogs are tiny and adorable as puppies. They're overbred. The breeding is not necessarily done focused on improving genetics. They're Chihuahua breeders oftentimes are just selling a commodity and it's devastating because you've seen the fallout, not only from, from improperly bred or blended genetics, but you've also seen the fallout of a mass produced commodity with people that don't understand what they're buying or the commitment to a life. And you're highlighting all of these issues by your platform, which is really, really important. It had to be a little bit shocking to you. If you didn't know any of this existed, and if you didn't know that Chihuahuas was, were, I think, probably the most overbred breed in the U.S., you had to be a little overwhelmed as you started looking at the depth and breadth of this problem. It's a massive it's problem. It's massive. And, I, yeah. and honestly, I was overwhelmed, and I still am. Um, it's, it's just every, like, it's like we discussed every aspect of this is just terribly overwhelming. Uh, even as, you know, I'm touching in your field, even one thing I'm dealing with now that, that, um, is just killing me is I'm doing everything by the book. I'm doing everything right. I'm getting these guys vaccinated their first year and their third year. Of course, we don't know what the heck happened to them before they got here. How many times they've been in the shelter system and been, but you know, um, in my opinion, I'm not an expert. You know, these guys are getting the same amount of vaccinations that a Rottweiler's getting. And, they're, you know, a lot of these guys are five pounds and less. I have so many adverse side effects from this. Uh, and, and, you know, not just the obvious ones. Oh, here's a perfect example. Poor Nugget here. You know, you can see the balding spot on the side where the injection was. And she's got it on both sides, right behind her, her arms there. Um, you know, I have at least a dozen dogs that have that problem and actually maybe more. And then the pain involved with it and the swelling. Uh, all kind of other side effects that could have possibly happened. Uh, you know, it seems like fall is a terrible time of year because our um, vaccinations happen in, in the late summer. Within two months later, I've got four or five um, dogs passing away from a pulmonary um, hypertension. And, you know, the only common denominator, common link between all of them, obviously they've had hard lives and they can't, is the vaccination. So it's like everything is set up against these little guys. And yeah. Um, it's, it's very overwhelming to say, wow, which direction do you go to fix it? Which, which, which direction do you go to save them? But, um, yeah. I think it's one step at a time. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm lucky that I can bring awareness and education and I do have kind of a, um, I don't know, a chip on my shoulder. I always have as a kid, you know, I got something to prove to the world. So on my platform, on my page, I'm very forward. I'm very honest. Um, and I, I didn't realize at first when I, when I showcase this little girl here, she's so adorable. She's so cute, but goodness, what happens in three weeks when the fans fall in love, three years, the fans fall in love with her. And then she passes away one day. All of a sudden, I'm on the line. I have to explain to them, you know, because they, their heart's invested in, in this, too. So I have to explain to them what happened. And, and I always feel like a failure. I feel like, you know, um, I had to deal with Parvo coming in at one point. Um, and I think it was a major failure. It was very public. I was showing everybody as it was going on and happening. And, um, you know, I think we turned it into a huge success with, a, you know, something that we found that we could actually uh, help um, basically eliminate it from their systems once they get it. So. You know, it turned into a positive on that, but, but yeah, so, um, you know, I have, I have a really zero tolerance for anybody coming in there with, without 
you know, that has an opinion without an education on it and so forth. So yeah, I want to raise awareness as I go along with this. And, and the more I do that, the more people I feel that, that actually love us and support us and, and go on, you know, and the more connections we get with the people that are doing the right thing as far as, uh, you know, other rescues and shelters and so forth. Yeah. So just one question about behavior. You have a lot of small dogs that probably were not well socialized as little guys came out of maybe not perfect circumstances, either through neglect, poor socialization, abuse, lack of medical care, lack of appropriate social interaction. Do you have dog fights in your house? No, I think in three to almost three years now, we've had maybe four ears that actually bled. <laughs> you know, and even that's even been playing. It's um, so good. We have little, I, I don't want to call them dog fights, they're squabbles. Um, yes, yes. Scuffles, you know, like yeah. a, a tiny bit of a bowl for a second. Somebody snaps at somebody or somebody wants their bed or something. Um, sure. You know, or they get excited when somebody walks in, it's kind of overwhelming. Uh, no, I don't really have that problem. And, and you know, the, the dynamic, the demographic here is always changing. But at the same time, this it's become like a packed family mentality. And it's, it's actually kind of amazing to witness from day to day just how well everybody does get along. Um, it's, you know, you have a couple, and of course you have some that when they come in, they don't know what to do and they're, they're gonna try to find their place in the pack and they're going to be reserved, especially ones that have had actual physical injuries because of, um, yeah. you know, being abused and so forth. So that actually triggers their, their behaviors because they're both protecting themselves, you know, as far as both physically and, you know, they don't want anybody to come near them. Uh, it's amazing to watch their walls break down and it's actually, yeah. it's getting faster and faster each time. Now we've got some that came in six months ago, less than six months ago. You couldn't even touch them. They'd scream, they'd squeal, they'd bite, they'd hide. Um, and, and this one girl in particular I'm talking about, she is the life of the party. Now she's got no teeth, yeah. tongues hanging out and she just runs up and she's licking you while she's trying to lick you, but her tongue goes the wrong way. She just loves everybody now where she wouldn't let any of us touch her at first. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing. It is. And you know, what's the, I call it group therapy. I think oftentimes we're humans, we try and intervene to help yeah. dogs overcome their situation, but really it's the family. It's your dog group that actually provides the therapy. And so us as humans, we just let the dogs do their yes. emotional work. And pretty soon in a couple of weeks, you have uh, this transformed creature from shy, reserved and nervous to outgoing and the life of the party but it's so cool because the dogs fixed her right it's yes and it's so it's, it's actually so cool you've touched on that this is something i've never actually really told my fan base i get so many questions like how do you do that how do they how do they eat for you how do they get along so well and all this yeah. and you're absolutely right and in a lot of cases i feel like wow i'm just being lazy i'm not attending yeah. to this dog today how do you show them enough time and i always say that everything happens on their terms and on their time um, my job is just simply to push them past their limits without ever breaking their trust and in doing that you know, they come around when they're comfortable, when they want yeah. to, and it, it's so much more beautiful. We don't have to inflict our will on them at all times. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's some of the, the neatest ways of you reestablishing trust is allowing that process of them taking the next step when it's comfortable for them, when it's right for them and not on our time frame. What a beautiful way of giving, literally, you're giving these dogs an opportunity to bloom on their own timeline. And I think that that's where some of the magic of rehabilitation takes place. So it's, it's a beautiful system that you've got going on. What do you love most, Bobby, when you get up in the morning, what do you love most about the rescue <laughs> work that you're doing? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I don't even get out of bed to see that. I, yeah. um, most, of the ones that <laughs> most of the ones in here come popping out of the covers, you know, one at a time, they all have their own little routines of how they're saying good morning. Um, but, but honestly, what I love most, I gave that little story about the, the little old lady that, um, 
you know, she she came here. She was she was very scared and timid and, and afraid. And, and now she's just opened up. I think that's what I love more than anything. It's just to see, because again, going back all the way to the beginning, man, I know what it feels like to be, a, um, a, a, what do you call it, abandoned. I know what it feels like to, to feel like reality. It just isn't there and nobody's there for you. And, and you don't have any love or anything you can depend on and nothing, you know, there's nothing in your corner. And to, to be able to give that to them is just, and, and see the results in them, see the love and the, it's just really, and it's just so cool. And, and the opinion, you know, it started with people closest friends to me, but the, the opinion of everybody that follows my page and is a fan and, and is supportive of us, you know, it's changing their mentalities on, on yeah. just exactly what the breed is. And it's, it's helping them, I think, be more understood. Yeah. And that's just awesome. Yeah, it is. And, and that piece is such an important piece, I think, of your work is help pe- helping people understand how their breed reputation got to where it is and how humans have done this. And yet again, how we can restore health and well-being by exactly what you're doing through education and unconditional love in an environment that allows the dog to respond in their own time frame. It's, it's a really good system. Bobby, if you could let the world know one thing about what you're doing and why it's so important, what would it be? I thought about this question when it was sent to me <laughs> and I wanted to elaborate. I wanted to be very positive, but it's very simple and straightforward. I mean, we've got to do better. That's all there is. We as a human, as human beings, as a society, and you see this in every single walk of life today, we got to do better, man. We got to, I mean, what happened to like working for it, working hard and loving and, and just, you know, doing the right thing, you know, I mean, it's so, it's actually, it's so complicated, but it's truly so simple. You know, we just got to put the extra effort in. We got to do our part, you know, don't be afraid to step up and do a little extras from time to time, you know? What's it gonna? What's what's it gonna be off your back? You're, you know, you're gonna pass the time anyway. Can't take it with you. All those little little things, you know. Well, it's you know what I love. I uh, I don't think that probably years ago you had any idea <laughs> that you would be doing this, and None. yet it's clear that I mean this is your heart's work, and I love it when people are aligned with their passion. You you discovered your passion out of pain, yeah. But from your point of pain you have now inspired and edified and, and shifted the world one notch in a very positive direction. It's really beautiful. And I appreciate all of your hard work. Thank you very much, Dr. Becker. I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Like I said, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that Catherine nominated you for a Game Changer Award. And I love the fact that you are using your platform for education to inspire those around you, and most of all, to provide unconditional homes for a very misunderstood breed. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much.